You're listening to the Well Women Podcast. I'm your host, Gemma Lee, women's cycle health educator. Together, we're normalizing periods, cracking open real body talk, and femme rising the future. I'm here to remind you that your body is amazing. You can achieve balance, and body confidence all begins with your menstrual cycle. Get ready, beautiful. You're about to learn how to confidently reconnect with your body and discover your unique flow. This is episode number 12. Today we have the beautiful Elise Carver joining us on the show. Elise encourages, inspires and educates those that are driven to improve their mental and physical health by building a sustainable future through mind, body and soul. She teaches people that they can live for long-term happiness simply by helping themselves through the choices that they make. By choosing to live sustainably for the planet and for our own individual health, Elise believes we can all move in our own way of being and we can do so with less stress and strain on ourselves and the environment. Please join me in welcoming Sustainable Surf Babe and Green Thumb, Elise, welcome. Hi. Oh my gosh, you almost made me cry. (laughs) (laughs) You like that? That's the first time I've heard like the new description and I'm just kind of like, it just feels really honest and true. It's kind of like... Just took me by surprise. (laughs) (laughs) Well, this is who you are and you technically did write that. I just maybe put it together (laughs) a little bit differently. Um, But thank you so much for joining us on the show. To kick it off, as I ask every guest, what day are you on your cycle, if you know, and how are you feeling? Oh, God, I haven't got a clue. No, I um, I do have a clue. I've got a rough idea. Um, Mm -hmm. I usually get my period on three or four days before the full moon. So I'm probably sitting at almost two weeks out. So 14 days mm-hmm. should be. So I can't think about it. <laughs> well, the best way to think about it, and this is great for people listening, is that the difference between the full moon and the, and the new moon is roughly two weeks, like 14 days. And of course that changes depending on whether the full moon peaks at an evening time or a morning time. And yes, that does change. The peak change time does change. It's not just when it's dark, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> for those that don't know. So if you're a couple of days before, you menstruate a couple of days before the full moon, you would ovulate a couple of days before the new moon. And new moon is actually in a couple of days for us. So you're basically ovulating nearly. You should explain why I'm so emotional the last couple of days. <laughs> <laughs> and do you feel like your energy is a little bit higher too? Uh, yeah, sometimes it's almost like I find when I'm uh, like, usually I find when I'm about to ovulate and I don't realize till obviously I'm ovulating and then I go, oh, that explains why I was so manic. Like I'm just <laughs> really up and then really quiet and then mm-hmm. up. not upset, just like, just like reserved, but then I'll peak all of a sudden. So it's a bit erratic. Kind of like my sex drive. (laughs) I love that you said that. I love talking about periods, poo and sex. They're like my three favorite topics. (laughs) And it's funny that you meant like what you shared about being expressive is that a lot of women kind of feel that ovulation time. So you're in a summer has to be that really expressive time. I call it your sexy and sassy Beyonce stage. Mm -hmm. But expressiveness can also be fully expressing your emotion. So if you've been bottling up an emotion and you need to tell your partner or your husband or a loved one or a friend and you haven't done it when you've felt the emotion, in a summer is the time where you can kind of feel a little bit cocky and be like, here's my emotion I'm willing to share with you right now. I feel like expressive is pretty sexy in itself, really. Well, it is. It is. Well, tell us, Elise, I would love for you to share a little bit more about your journey and how you became 
the, the woman that you are. I know you run an amazing Instagram and an amazing, um, you know, lead of fitness education and health education within a sustainable approach. How did this come about for you to be an educator sustainably with health and lifestyle and fitness? Oh gosh, it has been, even though I'm only, I mean, I'm only 33, but it has been. Samesies. Yay. I actually love my thirties. I wouldn't take, I wouldn't trade them for anything to be honest. <laughs> I feel like you, life makes sense in your thirties. Ah, hundred percent. So, I mean, it, it has been a massive journey for me. Um, I have always had this underpinning of being somewhat active um, but then at the same time, I've also come to realize lately that I've always had this underpinning of being a jack of all trades, um, especially in a world that tends to celebrate people who are really, really, really good at one thing and do that one thing really well. You know, it's not often that it's not often that people who are good at lots of different things and can keep themselves together with lots of different aspects of their life. It's not often that's celebrated. So I've actually only just realized that now, but I've been doing it all my life. So I, um, where I started was <laughs> actually not where most people would think. I started probably my journey when I was like 16, 17, started, you know, really stepping into being my own person and it was seriously challenged by um, a lack of family support. I didn't have some great role models within my, um, my close knit family. And so I really had to, I really had to go out on my own and discover things and that, and I'm talking about like, you know, running away and smoking a lot of weed and drinking a lot and doing a bit of drugs when I was in my early twenties and I reckon I kind of just faffed about doing that and did a bit of, bit of you know, fitness training as well. But it was almost like um, when I started, it was almost like a, a photographer doing baby photography when they really wanted to do landscape photography. <laughs> like I would train people in the gym in my early 20s and I was like, oh, this is so fucking boring. And so I stepped away from it. I know, I stepped away from it even though I loved it. But it wasn't till I moved down to Torquay that I really started, and I was about 23, 24, I really started questioning where my life was heading um, and how I was going to spend my, my energy and my time. Not that concise, mind you, but, you know, I, I knew that's when I was really starting to turn a point. And, um, and I started surfing and, you know, my focus went from being, a fitness trainer for people to lose weight and look good. And I started moving into training and developing a training style that was for feeling good and supporting the things that make you happy, you know, like surfing or rock climbing for me or bike riding or activities or even just general health and well-being. And with that, I also met my partner um, and we both kind of started on this journey of, just making better choices, thinking outside the box, choosing not to spend every night drinking and partying or watching, you know, a game of sports and not actually having an, an intelligent conversation. We started spending our time gardening instead and doing the things that felt really, um, I don't want to overuse the word nourishing, but basically nourishing and grounding the stuff. Nurturing. That <laughs> exactly nurturing the stuff that really took you back to your 
soul. And we've both had, you know, issues with depression and anxiety. So it was both of us were like, this is so much better than doing it the way everyone or a lot of other people we knew were doing it. Mm. So I moved from a really turbulent lifestyle into obviously now this, um, you know, sustainable way of living. Pretty much I realised that I'd been thinking about sustainable fitness for the last seven, eight years, but never really honoured it for what it was until I realised a couple of weeks ago that I was like, my thing is sustainability. It's sustainable fitness. It's sustainable health. It's sustainable food. It's sustainable living. It's, you know, it's sustainable mental health. I really, it really kind of hit me a couple of weeks ago that, holy shit, this is, this is my thing. And the great thing is it can stretch, stretch across all my aspects of my life. That's a great answer (laughs) because sustainability is different for everybody. And when you were just mentioning about how sustainability, it's kind of like, Oh, my movement's sustainable and how I eat and nourish my body with food is sustainable. And my actions are sustainable and my relationships are sustainable it comes down to really connecting with the things that you're able to do simplistically every single day that make the biggest impact on your overall well-being. 100%. I feel like we're expected to be super extreme in everything <sighs> we do from, you know, doing things like keto diets and Atkins and just, and even things like, and, and I've done them. I've done these things. Like I did, I ate, trial them. I trial them. I did candida <laughs> diet for two years in the process of trying to heal my gastritis. And it was probably the most depressing two years of my life because I didn't eat any fruit. Like, mm. what is that? That doesn't, that, that it's not sustainable. It doesn't work. It's not the way, it's not the way forward if you want to live a happy long life Mm -hmm. so tell us Mm. what does sustainability mean for you like i know we've just touched on it but in your life now and your experience it's brought like it's brought you to where you are what does sustainability what does sustainability mean for you because i know there's a lot of people who might just link sustainability with living plastic free, for example, because that's a really big push at the moment. And maybe sustainable is, you know, composting your garb, like your food scraps. Mm. But what does sustainability mean for you, considering you've been on this path for a while now? Sustainability for me really is an entire life aspect. Like if you look at your life as a wheel and at the top, you know, obviously everyone has different priorities, but there is an aspect of one is mental health, one is food and what you eat, one is fitness, one is so like, you know, physical health, one is social health. Another one might be, uh, you know, household health. So that's where like zero waste and, and minimal waste living might come into it. And then, you know, you've got outdoor health as well, like connecting with mother nature. I feel like if you look at that wheel as a whole and you put a lot of focus in just one thing, that's not sustainable. I mean, you can't mm. just focus on your mental health and it let everything else fall apart. You can't just focus on your fitness, train like a demon and then everything else falls apart. You can't just obsess about your food and get solid fridge anxiety 
Um, and and <laughs> I love that. Yeah, food, food you're like, oh, what the fuck do I eat? <laughs> the food confusion. Okay, great. Sorry. No, but like, if you focus on one thing too much at some stage you're going to burn it out you're going to burn that part of your life out so to me sustainability is about doing uh, doing everything to the best of your ability in a way that you can sustain it for a long a long period of time do you know what i mean it's not like if someone says hey, how many times a week should i train i'm never going to turn around to them and say six days a week because it's not sustainable. You're not going to be able to keep that up. Not with the lifestyle we lead in the 21st century, not with the energy levels that a lot of us experience, not with our commitments, our bills, our jobs. It's just not possible. It's not sustainable. So I say to people, I'm like three times a week, 30, 40 minutes if you can. Don't flog yourself. Do it so that you want to come back in two days' time and do it again. Do things in a sustainable manner. So you know, you, you can continue it for the rest of your life because we are living longer these days than we ever have before. And I don't know about you, but I don't really want to hit 70 years old and be a cripple in a wheelchair and still have mental illness and food issues and allergies. Like it's mm-hmm. just the way I want to live. I just got chills thinking about that because my oldest client that I've worked with was 89 and um, he's still alive and he's a beautiful soul. And my oldest um, lady client that I've worked with is 64. And it just goes to show that you can start this journey at any age and it's all about the balance. And in Ayurveda, they, they talk about the mind-body balance mm-hmm. and how you can't truly balance the body without having a balanced mind and you can't truly balance the mind without having a balanced body. Mm-hmm. And so it's like a, like a beautiful infinity figure eight symbol that kind of links the yeah. two bodily systems together. Yeah. And it's, if you just, like you were saying, just focus on the mental side, you're going to imbalance the other elements of your health that are just in, as important. So I love your, your input into what sustainability is and it's different for everybody. Yeah. So let's talk about your body as a woman. <laughs> yeah, go for it. <laughs> um, as because this is a like a women's show and I am a menstrual educator when it comes to your body and I know you mentioned a little bit about your journey when you were 16 17 and how you went off on that direction Mm. how did you go as being a like someone who was really passionate about moving your body and staying fit and healthy when you started menstruating because for me I was like oh my god what is this I don't want to like you know I got my menstrual cycle for the first time two days before swimming carnival and I started swimming when I was six oh my months old God. my mum was a swim teacher so I was a swimmer and I was like what do I do I can't not swim oh my <laughs> so like tell us your story um as to like what that was for you and your experience in getting to know your body as a woman um yeah yeah I started I didn't get my period till I was 14 um I used to do gymnastics when I was younger and um it <sighs> I don't know if anyone out there has done gymnastics, but it really stunts your growth and your development. And so even when I finished gymnastics, I think I was like, I think I was actually 14 when I finished 14. I still didn't get my period for a good year and a half, two years. And that was when my journey started. And then when I started getting my period, oh my God, blow me down. It was so painful. So I get really, I used to, and it's really funny because if I think about it now, I used to get 
really, really painful periods. Like I'm talking, couldn't move, curled up in a ball and I don't have endo. I don't have any of those things, like nothing that I can go, oh, I've got this illness or this illness. Mm-hmm. I, I just get really painful, painful periods. Um, but as I've progressed through life and made particular life choices, like minimizing stress, um, honoring my body when I had my period, um, I found that the pain has become less and less. Like it's, I've given myself room to go, I am fucking menstruating and 80% of my energy is going into this. Why the hell would I get off the couch? (laughs) So, and that's literally what I'm thinking, because let's be honest, the first day of your period, you want to tear someone's head off. So I, um, when I first, because I have chronic gastritis or I'm I'm healing from it and I got it six, seven, six years ago. Yeah. And for what, for the listeners who don't know what gastritis is, because I know there will be some, just give us a really quick explanation. Like, what is that? So basically, it's the lining of your stomach is inflamed and you can get things like wet burps, reflux, um, burning in your stomach when it's empty, IBS symptoms. Um, all I can say is that if you are someone who deals with this stuff, do not make a stop to the doctor and medication your final option talk Mm. to a naturopath talk to alternative medical therapies because if you go down that western medicine side and not uh, and you don't ask any questions then you could be like me still trying to get off medication six years later so um it's actually actually good that you asked me that one because when i did get it six years ago um, I'm 99% sure that the reason I got it was because I had really bad period pain. And instead of honoring my body and taking the time I needed, I used to pop two Ad- Advil, which is ibuprofen, NSAIDs, really, really abrasive on the stomach and the digestive system. I would pop mm-hmm. two of those, yep, two of those a day, every day for the first four days of my period. And I'm 99% sure that doing that, I went through a phase where I did it like every period for six months and I'm 99% sure that that's what started my gastritis. And then, you know, all other life things like stress and other stuff piled on top of it, but that is 100%. That is what made me crack. And that was that literally came from me not honouring my body and not going, you know what, I'm allowed to take a fucking breather. I am allowed to get a weedy bag and put on a movie and have a cup of tea and go, fuck you world. I'm going to curl up here and just do what I need to do. (laughs) It's, there are so many women I'm sure who are listening to this who are like, yeah, you know what? I push myself. I guilt myself into, oh, but you really should go to the gym and exercise because if you don't, you're going to lose the abs or your ass is going to get really big. That's the one time that we have permission to not do any of that stuff. I have clients that come in like, I got my period this morning. I'm like, what the fuck are you doing here? (laughs) What do you mean? I'm like, you know that I cancel all my clients if I get my period. You are allowed to cancel and I will not charge you. Go home, be nice to yourself. I don't even serve the first three days of my period because one, my balance is shot to shit. And two, one of the worst things you can do is let your body get cold when you're going through your menstrual cycle. I love that you touched on that. It's through the four different phases of your cycle and the seasons of your cycle. So for those who are unsure or just hearing it for the first time, 
menstrual time is your inner winter and think about it like when it's cold outside in your outer winter you want the warming stews and soups and you want the you know the warm clothes and you want to rug up on the couch or in bed and stay cozy and have the hot water bottle why would it be any different when you're in your inner winter mm-hmm. so having yeah cooling yourself actually can stagnate the blood flow that can also cause tension it can also lead to pain cramps Mm -hmm. um, muscle spasms there's lots of ramifications from that but I think above all and I just made this note down is that to really honor yourself that's what you like that's what you're saying is to Mm -hmm. listen to your body and it is sustainable to check in and go hang on how does my body feel today and what is it actually asking for me to do Yep, totally. Mm, I love that. Wow, what a journey you've had. And so tell us what is like what does your cycle look like now throughout a cycle basis for you between your the start of your cycle when you're menstruating through now, like you're ovulating at the moment, and then back through to your menstrual cycle. Like what does it look like for you now? What is your awareness around your body? It's amazing. I mean, I got off the pill eight years ago. Best decision I ever made. Um eight years ago. Actually, it's probably more like 10 years ago. Oh, wow. <laughs> I got off the pill really early. Um, I realized that like, it, just, it just didn't make me feel good. So I got off the pill. Took a while for it to get regular. But when I um, got gastritis, I had to really look at my diet and the way I was eating. And when I stopped drinking about six years ago, that was a real turning point because I was like, right, I'm not... Like I did... I did therapy every week and I was going through a massive, massive life change. Mm. And since then it's slowly gotten better and better. And now I probably have discomfort and it's achy, nothing a weedy bag can't fix. Um, And maybe even a couple of drops of CBD oil if I'm really feeling shit. Um, But now the pain maybe lasts for a day and a half and I'm heavy for, when I say heavy, it's medium to heavy for about, two, three days, and then it's light for another three. And I am on a regular cycle of 28. And if I've had a stressful month, it'll be, if it's good, 28 days. If I've had a stressful month, maybe like 30, 31 days. Mm. Isn't it interesting how you can sense your body will respond to the lifestyle factors? Totally, 100%. If I Mm. had a stressful month or even a stressful couple of weeks leading up to my period, it will be more painful. If I haven't stayed, especially if I haven't stayed hydrated and I haven't kept the, I mean, I've I've worked with um, Chinese medicine a bit. And one of the big things was when my body holds damp heat. So, you know, when you get that feeling like you're in the middle, like you're, you're sweating and your liver is working overtime. When I don't take the load off my body, my period so much more, it's so much more uncomfortable it's just it's like i'm trying to do this for you but you're making it difficult for me so suck on this i'm gonna give you three days of pain it's like my body your body really does try to send you messages loud and clear you just have to want to listen exactly and your period so in your whole menstrual cycle the bleeding days your period time is the best indicator of your health the color of your blood, the way it flows out of you, how you feel whilst you're bleeding, and also how you feel before and after as well. Mm-hmm. So as a sustainable advocate and someone who's really, and for the, hang on, for those that don't know, 
Elisa's really great at growing her own food. So <laughs> you have to go check out her Instagram, stalk her story. She does the morning three. It's amazing. I love them. But check in and like you really are fully sustainable. You know, you walk out to your garden, you pick what you want to have in your salad, you come back, you make it for lunch. But when it comes to the bleeding time, you know, what is it that you use for a sustainable period? Um, because there's so many options today, like cups, cloths, pads, tampons, yeah. organic, non-organic. What do you use? And it can maybe change too. Yeah, well, I mean, I, this is probably, I mean, it's relatively new for me. So obviously I was trying to choose the organic cotton option and that was great. And then I went, you know, the more and more my periods got, um, became a bit more manageable and they weren't like, you know, it, it wasn't like erratic and happening at random times. Mm. Um, I felt safe enough. And that's the thing, like as much as I suggest doing these sustainable options for people, you've also, you don't want to go out there and feel uncomfortable. Like, you know, if you head out and you're just like, Oh, the idea of using a cup is terrifying. I mean, I've heard some pretty scary stories about using menstrual cups, like people going over to a date's house and suddenly there's a massacre in the bathroom when they've gone to empty their cup. Like I've heard about that stuff and you've got to be, cause periods, it's not like we walk around and go, I am bleeding. No, we, we don't, we, we're still. Currently bleeding, tattoo across my forehead. <laughs> Even though the world isn't super accepting of it, you know, I still feel like it's okay for us to go, okay, I want to be sustainable, but I'm going to stick to tampons because I mm. feel comfortable, I feel safe. Because as, as it is, when you've got your period, you already feel vulnerable. So, you know, you've got to do things at your own pace. Um, so when I felt like, okay, I know when my period's coming, I don't have excess pain, I don't feel super stressed now is the time and about six months ago I actually changed to Modi body um, period underwear mm -hmm. and that's all I need that is all I use I I can't wrap my head around the menstrual cup because I am so clumsy I reckon I would be one of those massacre in the bathroom type people <laughs> um, so I stick to the period underwear and it's like it's brilliant it's also Australian New Zealand made like I love this stuff and as you know I, I just I take care of it. I wash it by hand when I'm finished at the end of the day with a pair. I have my period bucket. It goes in the shower with me. So I use the water from the shower and I wash it out and then I soak it with a bit of tea tree oil or thieves just to kill any bacteria. And it, it's fucking brilliant. I feel good about I'm helping the planet because I'm not throwing any pads out. And to be honest, it is so much more comfortable. I remember the first time I wore my Moddy bodies to bed. Funny. Matt goes to me, my husband turns around and goes, What? I thought you had your period. I'm like, What do you mean? You thought I had my period. He goes, Oh, well, you know, you make that sound. I said, well, Like, what sound? He's like, You know, that sound when you've got your period. I said, Oh, like I'm wearing an adult nappy. You know, when you walk and it goes, and you're just like, Oh, this is mortifying. He goes, You're not making the sound. I'm like, Oh, that's because I have period undies. And it was so funny and it made me so happy. I was like, yes, I don't sound like I'm wearing an adult nappy. I don't sound like I'm brushing the floor as I walk. Totally. So it was really freeing as well. Like it's, oh. it's so liberating. And they, you know, companies like that that make the conscious effort to provide you with that alternative, um, 
I really feel like they need to be honored and appreciated by, you know, make the effort and buy a pack. They have like a five pack of underwear where you choose what you want and it's like 120 bucks. That's nothing. That's pretty much Mm. the price of normal underwear. And they last. If you look after them, they last. And it's the same thing, um, you know, about there's different clothing brands. I know Patagonia is one of them. Um, who's so passionate about buy it once, last forever, and that's sustainable. You know, when you're shopping, don't just shop and buy just for the sake of buying, but, like, really address how does this fit into my wardrobe? Is this going to be something that I'm going to have for a long time? And then that's a worthy investment. Um, Like, when I buy my yoga mat, I'm like, you know what, I'm buying a really good mat that's going to last me rather than, like, burning through runners every year. Totally. Um, I totally agree. And, like, for me, buying the period underwear was the best game changer i was it is literally changed my life it's really funny people are like oh but what about when you know you've got the heavy days or you go to bed and you know when you get that lovely leak right up your backside and you wake up it's like gone out the top of your underwear and you're thinking what the fuck <laughs> i don't get that because they like they have thought about everything like they have it mm. from the front all the way to the back and up your backside like yeah to the top like where the the seam at the your um the waistband is exactly so they they for me they really have thought of everything if you're someone with a much heavier flow then i would probably definitely suggest looking at the cups and the period underwear double Um, up Hmm. do the old double up because i mean it's not like you're going and I don't know. I've heard nightmare stories, like even from my mother back in the day where she would put like three tampons up there. I was like, oh my God, that cannot be good for you. Whereas now you can have a cup, the cup holds heaps and then the period undies can catch all the leaks. Like it's not like doubling up is polluting the planet more or possibly giving you toxic shock. It's just, it's really safe. So why not? Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I, um, Every woman's body is different. So your cycle is going to be different. Your blood type is going to be different and really becoming comfortable with how you nurture yourself with what you use, Mm. I think is so important. And whilst it might look great in marketing to use a cup or to use, you know, organic tampons or to use cloths, I know cloths are like a a becoming more of a thing too, is that, um, you need to trial it for yourself. And I always recommend that trial it when you have your period on a weekend where you can just spend the day at home. Yes. You don't have to go, okay, I'm wearing my cup for the first time and I'm going to an engagement party. Don't (laughs) risk it. Don't risk it. Just trial it at home. You know, I remember when I started using a cup, I um, And I, I change, you know, I, I don't like sleeping with a cup, so I'll sleep with period underwear and I like using a cup during the day. Yeah. Um, but I remember when I started using the cup and I took it out for the first time, it kind of flicked everywhere. And I was like, oh my God, luckily I'm at home and there's no one around and I can just, you know, <laughs> walk to the bathroom with no one not wearing anything and just, like yeah. just jump in the shower. <laughs> yeah. And that's it. I feel like, like I said earlier, I, think, I feel like we live in a world of extremes that encourages us to go hard or go home, you know, like even Nike, just do it. It's like, well, no, who decided that we had to just do it? Why can't we stay either deep inside our comfort zone when we're already going through a vulnerable time like our period, or why can't we stay just inside our comfort zone? Why do we have to just do it? Why do we have to harden up? 
I just think that mentality, it's not sustainable and it's not, it's not really healthy. It's not really honoring the body and especially not mm. period. Do you know what I mean? And it doesn't honor the body in all the aspects of the body. It doesn't honor the mind, the heart, the actual physical body. So I, that's such a great, um, an add in there about honoring and re- removing the pressure that you, I always say this, you do you. You know, my cousin laughs at me when I, when we go, like when we catch up, I'm like, you do you girlfriend. You just focus on you because no one knows how you feel in your body, but you. So when you go out and you say like with gastritis, you know, and having certain foods, I've been gluten-free for 19 years this year. So like going out and people be like, Oh, you're not having a beer or you're not drinking or just have a couple of the chips no one knows what it feels like in your body to consume that. No one knows how it feels in your body to swim or to run or to lift weights or to stretch. Only you do. So just do you. And when someone wants to tell you what to do, tell them to do themselves. Like you do you. I'll do me. You do you. You do you. (laughs) Exactly. Oh my God. We could just keep talking forever. But we have, um, we have kind of nearly run out of time and I, I'm, I've got a, a couple more questions that I want to ask you. But when it comes to your body in sustainability, let's just talk really briefly about food because I know you do grow a lot of your own food and you're really passionate about living in season, so eating seasonally too. How does sustainability work for you around food in your household with Matt? Okay, so now that we've taken the most recent step, which is basically we're getting re- – like you know, we've been doing this food growing thing for three and a bit years now. And Mm. um, now we're really stepping into living sustainably and things are going to be changing for us over the next like year or so. So we kind of kicked it up a gear. Um, We're looking into permaculture and Matt's going to be studying permaculture soon, which is this is amazing, like symbiosis with the planet um, and the earth and, and regenerating and And that's what I think I love about it. And what we love about it is that every time we grow our own food and then we collect our own scraps and then turn it into the soil, we're regenerating the earth as well. Um, Probably grow, depends on the season because it is harder to grow. And, you know, we're not experts at growing fruit and veg. We're still learning. But um, I suspect moving into this spring, now that we have 21 fruit trees in our backyard... (laughs) I suspect we'll probably be growing at least 70% of what we eat. Wow. I think, yeah. The one thing that I probably struggled with is the celery. I do celery juice every morning as part of medical medium um, recommendation and it's really had an amazing effect on my stomach. But I am healing from a chronic illness. That's the one thing that's difficult to grow because it's a swamp veg, like it's a swamp vegetable, actually grows yeah. in conditions. Um, but other than that, you know, we're, we're growing beetroot, carrot. We've now started a regular cycle. So planting them every six weeks. So we have a constant crop, mm-hmm. lettuces, um, they're really good. And then obviously through summer, you grow things like pumpkin squash and they're the things that you, you know, you hold onto for the winter months. So, um, we also try to, the fact, honestly, the fact that we don't eat like glutinous like products and we don't eat dairy and the meat that we eat is only the meat that we've pretty much caught ourselves. Um, We're not having to spend money 
and go to the supermarkets. And now we also don't buy crackers, not even buckwheat gluten-free crackers because they're wrapped in plastic. It's amazing when you choose to make that, that step towards growing your own and minimal waste living, you mm. save a lot of money and a lot of petrol because you're not driving back and forth. <laughs> <laughs> For the people who shop every couple of days or every day, yes, I completely agree. Yeah, and there's, there's no better feeling, I find. I've been composting for mm, two and a half years or at least two years now. Awesome. There's no better feeling when your compost becomes soil and you use it and I throw out one bag of plastic, which is yeah. rubbish, yeah. every three to four weeks. Yeah. It's and a, it's it's a small bag, and that's between two people, like yeah, me well, and my flatmate. How good is it? Like my husband said to me, he goes, "Hey, I know the bins are supposed to go out tomorrow, but I don't. We don't need to put them out. Like, put it in the neighbor's bin." <laughs> this is the thing. It's like, well, we don't, we don't, we literally don't even need to put the bins out. Like I reckon we're getting to a point where we, our bins would probably only go out every third week because mm. we're not filling them. Like we're just not filling them, and you feel good as a human doing that by making those simple choices to put a little bit more time and effort in to go to the bulk store or make your own nut milk. You know, I was, I love quench coconut milk and that was, has been one of the last things that I'm like, Oh, I got to part with this because those freaking caps are not recyclable and half the time the containers don't even get recycled. So I purchased my first nut bag and this week I started making my own nut milk and I was like, this actually feels really good for the sake of something that literally takes you five minutes. You feel so good about it. Oh, I love that you mentioned that because I want to add in there about the ancestral teaching of digestion, that it's not mm. about how it tastes. It's about the preparation. 100%. And today we're so disconnected and we could talk about this for hours, I feel, but we're so disconnected with our food and the preparation of the food that we actually miss that activative part of digestive enzymes mm -hmm. so if you're not growing your food and picking your food that's one element that you've missed if you're not actually purchasing your food by going out picking it up smelling it going oh is this the orange that i want or do i want this orange mm -hmm. that also comes into play and then you have the the washing and the prepping of the food then the cutting to prepare to cook the food then you have the cook time yeah. and with all the the methods today that you can just buy pre-made meals or you can just eat out a lot of people eat eat out and so that cuts so much of this connection with our food that it's not about how the coconut of quench tastes for you it's about it feels so great in my body and i'm actually salivating thinking about the fact that i'm going to make this beautiful almond milk from my own hands in my own kitchen and then i'm going to make it into whatever it is that you make it in and then you drink it totally like it's funny you say that because uh, even a step um like before the preparation is it's actually been proven that when you tend to your own vegetables like tomatoes are a big one especially when you tend to those plants what happens is the plants connect with you and your energy and they actually morph and turn like their nutrient table changes to suit what you need like those plants actually interact with you it's like bees they go out and they pollinate a specific area and it's said that the best honey you can have is local honey because that picks up all the pollen that's in your environment that is yes. best suited for you it's the same with the vegetables my silver beets are like ringing with all the energy i need 
because I go out there and I clean the leaves off and give them to the quails and I'm always around them. Like it's Mm -hmm. incredible. We're supposed to work with and handle our food. We are not on the earth. We are of the earth. That's what I always say. Um, And we could seriously talk about this forever. And I'm just going to throw in a little tip, um, something that I learned ancestrally from my ancestral teacher about if you do use a menstrual cup, this is something that I do is put, instead of flushing a menstrual cup blood down the toilet or rinsing out in the sink, Easy. put it in your garden. Yep, 100%. It's- Mix it in a watering can and like water it over your garden because that's full of nutrients. It's kind of like eating the placenta. <laughs> it's like if you need to pee, if you can be bothered, squat in a bucket and pour it over your citrus. They absolutely love it. <laughs> mm, so um, it's easy for the guys to do because they can just, they don't need the bucket. They can just go out there. <laughs> oh my God. Well, I have one final question before yeah. we go way too over time. Okay. What are three guiding tips that you would give to your younger womanly self to help them become balanced and in their own zest of health? Three oh. guiding tips. Wow. Um, definitely 100% is take your time. Mm-hmm. That's one. Number two would be honor your pain, you know, honor the pain that you're feeling, feel it, soothe it the natural ways. Don't try and mask it with drugs. (laughs) And number three would be stress is the devil. (laughs) So basically avoid stress in your life at all costs try to minimize stress as much as you can yeah that would definitely be the three god i would have saved myself a lot of discomfort and heartache but then i had to go through it to get to where i am and be able to share these things so Mm, experience is very important but for your younger self and for everyone who's listening you don't have to be 15 to apply these things you could be 45 you could be 25 it doesn't matter they apply for everybody so they're amazing tips Annalise, I want to thank you so much for joining us on the Well Women podcast. I've loved having you on and we could talk forever. I know. I feel and so sometimes I feel like I go on, but I feel like I have so much that I want to share with people. <laughs> and like you, like you said, it's, that's why it's so important to not necessarily just focus in on the one thing, but share all of your passions. Yeah. Yeah, not just the the one that you're foreseen as by followers. Um, share who you are and for everyone listening, share who you are too. Um, and that can change every day because you're not a tree. You're not stuck and rooted to the ground. You're like the ocean so you can flow and change every day. Yeah. But thank you so much for joining us. Um, how can our followers and listeners connect with you? Um. Best way is definitely Instagram, Little Bantam Surf Trainer. I am always replying to people there mm-hmm. without fail. Um, there's also Surf Style Training on Facebook. You can reach me there if you need to, and I share stuff on there. Um, and then um, I'm trying to think. There is also the surfstyletraining.com.au website if anyone is looking for in-home training programs that are not going to make you vomit or pass out. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. Yeah. And then eventually I will have my new sustainable, a sustainable existence website coming soon. And that will kind of be my 
one-stop shop for everything sustainable, but I'll have to let you know about that when it happens. Please do. And I know we'll be chatting um, in the meantime and as that evolves, but thank you so much for joining us today. And I hope everyone who's listening reaches out to Elise, go and say hi on her Instagram. She has a beautiful feed, um, lots of amazing tips and tune in with her, her morning three. Um, make sure you do that because they're always hilarious and they're ever changing. So they keep you up to date. But, um, Elise, thank you so much for joining us. I've loved having you on and I can't wait to have you back. Awesome. Thanks. Thanks guys. Have an amazing day. Thank you so much for tuning in to every episode of the well women podcast. I trust you enjoyed this episode as much as we did. If you got a lot out of it too, please subscribe and leave a five-star review on iTunes or your podcast app. This means together we can inspire, connect, and educate even more women. Now, is there a bestie, a sister, or a friend who you know may be frustrated and confused with their health? Are they ready to discover new aspects of themselves too? Well, take a screenshot of this podcast episode, share it on your social media, email it, text it, or any way you need to get it to their ears. So together we can all live in flow, harmony, and balance with our bodies. And be sure to tag me in it too. Hashtag WellWomenPodcast. Everything we mentioned in today's episode, you can find this in the show notes over at wellsome.com forward slash podcast. Until next time, beautiful, get connected, listen to your body and remember, body confidence all begins with living in tune with your menstrual cycle. 